Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stain Sports Podcast. Um, the intro music is uh, currently MIA from our system. Apologize for that and apologize for the long gap between podcasts. But we are back. Fantasy football season is here. And uh, join us always with uh, Torsten Sporn is with me. My name is Sean Kernahan. And Torsten, tonight we're going to go ahead and start talking uh, week one of the fantasy football season. How's it going? Yeah, it's going great, and I'm looking forward to it. This is always my favorite uh, sporting time of the year. You once told me that uh, baseball is your sports life, but you have a torrid affair with football every year. I kind of feel the same. Football is a great weekend fling, but baseball is always there for you. Uh, I may have been punched a time or two in the past for saying that, but uh, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and you mentioned <laughs> would being be a good time of year. <laughs> you mentioned time a good time of year. You know, football's starting up. October is always my favorite month when uh, basketball and hockey start up. Baseball goes in the playoffs. Uh, football is really going. College football is in the midst of it. So we're really uh, repping up to that, that great time of year. But we are ready for week one of the fantasy football season. The drafts are done. One game is in the book. Today we'll just go ahead and take a look, at, and you and I it combined are in about three million different leagues. So uh, we should definitely have some. Uh, we should we have a good grasp on on who's available, who started, who's not, who flipped and drafted and whatnot. But I want to go ahead and take a look at each putting out a couple of guys who uh, are stars who may be worth sitting this week. And then take a look at some late round picks who are worth uh, starting, and then some guys who. And we may look for for potential waiver wire pickup. And you guys will keep an eye out on the games this weekend. Uh, guys, uh, you know, like a Dion Lewis um, from this past Thursday, uh, somebody who, as it was getting closer, the word was that he was going to get the uh, the majority of, the, of the, the looks, and he did, and he looked good. So we'll talk about the guys to keep an eye out that we think could have that type of uh, impact this coming weekend. So let's go ahead and let you get started. With uh, who are some stars that you think should maybe get benched this week if, if there's some other better options out there? Well, I've got a few uh, at every position here. Uh, let's start with the quarterbacks. Um, that's where everything pretty much starts. Um, I there's a couple guys that jump out at me. Um, the these are guys that you might normally be starting. You probably drafted them to be your starter. Uh, they wouldn't have been one of the first quarterbacks that were taken. But uh, the, the upside is always high with guys. Uh, I'm going to start with Russell Wilson. He's got a tough matchup this week against the St. Louis Rams, and his offensive line is exhibiting a lot of problems. They have uh, a start, a new starting center after Max Unger was traded in the Jimmy Graham deal. And this is a kid that was basically on the practice squad last year, and he's going to be lining up across from Aaron Donald, who is one of the consensus top defensive linemen in all of football. Um it's not that uh, Wilson's not going to have any success at all, but there's a lot of great matchups out there for other quarterbacks that may still be available on the waiver wire or that you may also have on your roster. I think Wilson's a guy that uh, if he throws for a touchdown, it may only be one. I don't think he's going to get a lot of uh, rushing yards on the read option. It's in general going to be a low-scoring affair between those two teams, I think, so you could probably get better production of the other quarterback you may have on your roster. I also have similar things about Colin Kaepernick against Minnesota this week. He's always, uh, he's even in a tough matchup, he's not a guy that you necessarily want to throw on the bench automatically. 
he's always liable to get you eight to ten points, even without a touchdown uh, with his rushing yards. And uh, if he happens to score, that's an extra point. Um, I just think that's a real tough matchup, even at home for him against Minnesota, whose defense is very, very underrated. Uh, do you have any quarterbacks that uh, fall into that category for you? Yeah, Russell Wilson is absolutely one of those guys. The Rams and the Seahawks tend to battle each other really hard, really well. It is always a good game to watch, but not such a great game fantasy-wise. When it comes to uh, quarterbacks who may not be worth uh, worth it, if you have, they may be benchable despite the fact that they were somewhat of an early pick. For me, it's a guy who, with the initial looks of it, He's going against a defense who I think is actually better than they're getting credit for in Jacksonville, and this guy is Cam Newton. He only ran for he ran for five touchdowns last year, but his you know he's got to he's also been hit more than anybody else since he's been in the league. He's a guy that doesn't have many options when it comes down the field. You know, Philly Brown is, is actually one of his best targets going into the week. Ted Bidden Jr., a special team special guy, is maybe his number one wide receiver this week. Stay away from Cam Newton if you can. I think that he is going to have a, a terrible week. And I, I think Jacksonville's defense is better than people give it credit for. I think Jacksonville as a whole is better than people give him credit for. I agree with that. I wouldn't. Uh, I actually have not. I didn't draft Cam Newton on any of my teams this, uh, all, any of my seven fantasy teams this year. And uh, that's, this is going to be the first year since he came into the league that I don't have him. Uh, I think he's going to be a benchable guy pretty much the entire season. Now, who? What's your one guy who's underrated that is was late in drafts or undrafted that you may potentially start ahead of a Russell Wilson, a Cam Newton, or or. Uh, somebody else. Who do you think is an underrated quarterback coming into week one? Um, for me, it's definitely Carson Palmer. Um, he's a guy that I ended up with as my second quarterback in a couple of leagues. Coincidentally, Russell Wilson is my starter in both of those leagues. And uh, I just think that the matchup against New Orleans is uh, a very exploitable one for him. He's got a great vertical threat in John Brown. He still has 79-year-old Larry Fitzgerald to throw to and Michael Floyd. Um, Andre Ellington out of the backfield. I think that offense can do some things, even with a little bit of a shaky offensive line. I don't think uh, New Orleans' defense is going to put a scare into anybody, and uh, I think that the Arizona defense is going to get Carson and company some really good field position in week one. I'm seeing uh, 250 yards and at least two touchdowns, and uh, if you have uh, one of the other two guys that, or one of the three guys that you and I mentioned and Carson Palmer as your backup, those are better numbers than you would get from any of those three guys. Absolutely. You you were in drafts with me. I ended up I was regularly the last person to take a quarterback, and I happily went Carson Palmer, Teddy Bridgewater in a number of leagues, and I think I'm going to be just fine with that. Uh, there were times that I didn't pick my first quarterback until the 12th, 13th round of drafts, and I usually went with Carson Palmer there, and I think I'm going to be very happy with that. A guy is still available in a lot of leagues that I think is going to have a surprising year, a guy I've been a fan of best since back in college, a guy that I wrote about in my uh, most recent column over at the same sports when I was talking about 10 crazy predictions for the fantasy football year. I, I said this guy was going to be a top 15 quarterback, and I think this game week one, he just might be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Going against a team that does is a 
great offense, but not very good defense with Indianapolis. I think Tyrod Taylor has a surprising week this week. I like Tyrod Taylor. I liked him when he was on Baltimore. I liked him in college. Uh, you know, I uh, I think that Indianapolis' secondary is a little bit underrated. And, uh, you know, the, it, it might be tough sledding through the air, but they, they can be run on. And I think that uh, Tyrod Taylor's mobility could lead to uh, a potential anywhere, I would say, between seven and if he scores up to 16 points on the ground. Anything he gets through the air on top of that would be gravy. Now, let's move over to running backs. Uh, give me a running back who is going high that, or, you know, the overrated running back for week one. Well, an overrated running back for me, again, I'm going to go back to uh, the Seattle-St. Louis game is Marshawn Lynch. Now, let's not get cute. If you have Lynch, you're going to start him. So I'm not saying bench him, but uh, a guy that you may consider um, throwing on the bench, even though you likely got him in the top four or five rounds, he is an unquestioned starting running back. And I am going to go back to a matchup that I already used in New Orleans and Arizona, and I'm going to say you'll probably sit Mark Ingram on the bench. Arizona is pretty much next to impossible to run on right now. And Mark Ingram is not a guy that is liable to break a long one, you know, to to kind of bounce one outside and take it for 60 yards. If you're going to score against Arizona on the ground, it's going to be that kind of play. You're not going to be able to grind out 85 to 100 yards over 25 carries. They're just not going to let you do it. And, you know, Mark Ingram is also a little bit better of a fantasy running back when there was a little bit more of an aerial threat where Drew Brees could throw to Jimmy Graham, and they had to put a linebacker and a safety on him. I think you're going to see a lot more guys in the box now when they're defending against New Orleans, and that's going to make it tough sledding for Mark Ingram, especially in week one against Arizona's defense. Yeah, I'm actually curious to see the Arizona's defense this year. They, I think that they got a little more pub than they deserved last year, but the run defense is certainly good. Uh, Mark Ingram is a guy who... When he's healthy, he's good. He's rarely healthy. He's healthy now, but they brought in a guy like C.J. Spiller, who's not, obviously not going to play this week. But I, I just – I marking this guy I never trust. He's never really a guy on my team. Um, I do disagree a little bit. I think Mark Ingram can be a viable starter this week. But I have a feeling if we do end up doing this conversation every week, he's going to be a guy that I bring up a lot. This week, I say you could go ahead and roll with them. I actually have two guys that I would avoid this week, and I do. I would say one of them is a bench. One of them I debated benching and wound up not benching him. The one that I debated and wound up not benching, who I think uh, expectations need to be tempered going into week one, is Melvin Gordon in San Diego. Danny Woodhead is still there. Danny Woodhead is very good. Melvin Gordon, uh, he... There was it did not exactly wow people in the preseason. So he's certainly somebody to go into the season with a little bit of tempered expectations. I think he's going to have a very good year. But he is a back end of a number two running back, a low end number two running back, um, rather than a high end two or even a low end one, which some people looked at him that way. A guy who I think if you have, Right now, it is time to – you already too late. You uh, went far too early on him. That would be Alfred Morris with Washington. 
One, he's going to get with Miami, who have an underrated defense and brought in Ndamukin, too. Their front, front seven is absolutely fantastic. There's going to be nowhere for him to run. And spoiler alert, uh, Dauber Morris' backup is a guy I say, if, you, if he's available in your leagues, go get him now because Matt Jones is going to be the guy. I would say sooner than later, Matt Jones is going to be the number one uh, running back in Washington, not Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris has been the least impressive number one running back in fantasy for a few years now. And I think this is the year that the wheels come off the bus and somebody else takes it over. I, I say Alfred Morris is the guy to bench this week. I think he could end up with you know three or four points. I would not be surprised if that's all he ends up with. I say stay away from Alfred Morris. Go find somebody else. That's the guy that really concerns me. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about I'm concerned about Morris uh, in Washington as well. Um, there's some workload issues there. He's gotten 300 plus carries for a few years in a row now, and his running style is pretty aggressive and pretty hard. I think he's a pretty good player. I don't think his time as a as a good running back is quite up yet, but I think it's kind of a mess in Washington right now. I think that if they can, their best team is with Robert Griffin the third at quarterback when he's healthy. I don't know about all the drama going on there with Jay Gruden and the allegations of the offensive lineman not liking him and letting him get hit. I don't know about all that crap. But when Robert Griffin the third is healthy, when he's mobile, when he's confident, that really opens up the offense. And Alfred Morris is a guy that can really rack up some fantasy points in that situation. But right now, that's not the situation. And you're very right against Miami first the first week. Brutal matchup. I don't see him getting more than 50 yards. Now, what about a guy that uh, could crack your starting line despite being a late-round pick? Uh, for me, that guy, well, there's two, and it's in the same game. Um, one of them has staying power, and I'll leave that one alone for uh, for a minute. That's Doug Martin on Tampa Bay. Good player, established himself again as the number one back in Tampa Bay. Um, he's going to be flex-worthy most weeks. But the guy that may be uh, running back two-worthy just this week will be his counterpart, Bishop Sankey, over on Tennessee. Um Never been all that impressed with the guy, but I'm even less impressed with Tampa Bay's defense. Um, David Cobb is now on short-term IR, so he's going to be unavailable for a couple of months. There's really nobody else to challenge Bishop Sankey. I know they just made a trade with Cleveland a week ago to bring in um, – no, golly, no, I can't even remember the gentleman's Terrence name. West. But uh, Yes, Terrence West, uh, who fell to third in the pecking order behind Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson. But, uh, you know, I don't see him as a threat to, for uh, Sankey's playing time in the immediate. The matchup works out. I don't think it's a huge – I don't think it's a giant uh, point total for him. But if you're sitting there with a Mark Ingram, with an Alfred Morris, or even if you're wondering about Frank Gore against the Buffalo defense, it may be worth looking at uh, Bishop Sankey uh, in the Tampa Bay game. He, uh, he'll probably have one score in, in the neighborhood of 75, 80 rushing yards and maybe another 20 or 30 receiving. That's perfectly acceptable for a flex or a running back, too, in week one. Absolutely. I think he's going to be very interesting uh, to watch. I know you and I both uh, bought into the, the Cobb uh, and then had to put him on IR. Uh, so Sankey's going to have his run. Uh, and against Tampa Bay, with a, a battle of rookie quarterbacks, you want to want to see the, the running game help, help out that passing game. With those, like I said, those quarterbacks there. Uh, the guy that I think could is more of a flex play, 
and it's going to be interesting to see how he's used, this, uh, especially in week one, but I think he's worth using in week one. We play him on the early game on Monday night. Is Ryan Matthews. With the way that Chip Kelly runs the Philadelphia Eagles offense, I would not, with the, as quickly as they run through the plays, you're not going to see a lot of substitutions. So once a running back is on the field, he's going to stay on the field for the majority of that drive. And DeMarco Murray has been a you know, brutal running back in the past, and he's got so much uh, workload last year, he's going to need to get, be given a little bit of time off. Ryan Matthews is an excellent running back. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get two, three, four series a game that are his. And in two to three series on that offense, he can easily get 40, 60 yards and a touchdown. And if you're talking double-digit points from a running back who your flex are number two or that you've got late in the draft, I think Ryan Matthews is a sneaky good play this week. I agree with you. He's another guy that I had on my list there. It's going to be a shootout against Atlanta, too, in week one. I I, I would be... I would not be surprised at all to see Ryan Matthews end up with 75 all-purpose yards rushing and receiving and a score. Um, he's a better pass catcher than he gets credit for. You know, he wasn't utilized that way in San Diego, but he could certainly do it. And uh, he's a very good football player. I think that Chip Kelly's going to use him properly. Uh, like you said, DeMarco Murray's not exactly the bastion of durability. He was last year, but that was the first time. So, you know, I think that uh, I think that, that was a good call there. And I uh, He's a very good player. He's going to be very productive this year in fantasy. Now, I'm going to go ahead and jump in with my uh, start off the overrated wide receivers for week one. And for me, this is going to be the best one-on-one matchup to watch, a must-see matchup every single time the New Orleans offense is on the field. I want to see Brandon Cook against Patrick Peterson of Arizona. I think that's going to be a phenomenal matchup. Patrick Peterson is incredibly agile, incredibly fast. He's a guy that I think can stay with Brandon Cooks, but has the physicality that can beat Cooks up at the line of scrimmage. From what I'm hearing, Peterson is going to be on Cooks. I think Cooks is going to have a fantastic year, but I think Patrick Peterson gives Cooks fit in this first week. And I think Brandon Cooks, who's looking like a number, a top 10 type wide receiver in week one, I say he's outside the top 20 in week one. Uh, I would say he's even farther down than that. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it is a nightmare matchup for Cooks to go against Patrick Peterson. Uh, Peterson struggles a little bit more against those big body wide receivers like a Des Bryant or a Calvin Johnson. I mean, would, that's kind of dumb to say because everybody struggles defending those guys, but, you know, it is the big guys that give Patrick Peterson problems, and that's not the category that Brandon Cooks falls into. I think that they're going to try to get creative in ways that they get him the ball, you know, to give him some end arounds and run some pick plays for him and wide receiver screens that, maybe try to get him the ball in space, but I don't see him scoring, and there's definitely better wide receiver options out there than Cooks in week one, I believe. Who do you see as a uh, guy, another guy who's overrated? Well, it's been this way for uh, for a little while now, uh, especially it, it started last year, but um, now that he's on a new team, it's, uh, and, you know, his quarterback situation now is a little bit better than it was before, a very uh, infamous punch now. But I'm talking about Brandon Marshall uh, against Cleveland in week one. Um, he's obviously been synonymous with elite wide receiver status for the last, you know, close to a decade now. And he hasn't regressed as far as somebody might think. 
but week one is not a good matchup. He's going to be matched up with Joe Hayden, all-world cornerback in Cleveland, and uh, it's it's not a situation that lends itself to a lot of productivity for him. That, plus Cleveland stops, uh, struggles stopping the run, so you're going to see a lot of Chris Ivory. There's just not going to be a lot of targets going Brandon Marshall's way in week one. Um, the Ryan Fitzpatrick situation, the quarterback, it's probably in terms of the passing game and fantasy status for wide receivers, it's a bit of an upgrade as to what you would have seen had Geno Smith not gotten punched in the face and had his jaw broken. Um, and I'm not making light of that. That was kind of a bad situation for everybody involved. But, you know, it's uh, you're, you can find better points elsewhere than Brandon Marshall. Even on the same team, you can, you'd probably want to start Eric Decker over Brandon Marshall because he won't be matched up with Joe Hayden. Uh, Skinny, how about underrated? For me, uh, well, I had this this guy I wanted to talk about for a while, uh, and then now everybody else started talking about him first, and that's Nelson Aguilar on uh, Philadelphia against Atlanta in week one. Jordan Matthews is the unquestioned number one in Philly, but uh, Atlanta has cornerbacks numbering zero, essentially, and he's going to benefit part of a very, very high-scoring game. Um, He's yards after the catch machine. I think that he's another guy in that Brandon Cooks mold where they're going to try to get him the ball in space, run wide receiver screens, and uh, give him him just an eyelash, and he's liable to take one to the house. I would not be surprised in the least to see two scores from Nelson Aguilar in week one against Atlanta. My only concern with Nelson Aguilar is just the history of USC wide receivers, the recent history of USC wide receivers. Barbara Woods, Marquis Lee, both absolutely fantastic while at USC. Uh, I've underperformed for the most part so far early in the pro careers. I think Aguilar is a very good talent. I think he's going to be very good. Uh, I think he could have a fantastic week. Uh, but for me, it's just that USC bias, I guess, uh, based on recency uh, that I have with him. The guy I have, and you've seen it, you've heard it, I've been pounding the, the drum for this guy all all off season, leading into the season, John Brown is going to be a number one wide receiver for Arizona. People overlook him a little bit because Larry Fitzgerald is a big name there. Michael Floyd is a big target there. John Brown is a fantastic wide receiver. He's a guy that can play in the slot. He can he can take the top off the defense. He's going to be fantastic. You know, he's facing um, New Orleans, who have slowly been improving defensively, but still not a, not a great defense. I think John Brown is a guy who's in the uh, you know late twenties, I think he could easily be in the teens, if not a top ten wide receiver in week one. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent observation. Um, he's not the he's not the guy that's generally going to be lined up across from the other team's number one corner either. So uh, you know, and the big play capability you touched on as well. I think that he's. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be a top ten guy. Maybe in week one, not all season, but top twenty. I definitely think that's a possibility. Overrated tight end. Oh, gosh. Um, it's for me it's been the same guy for the last five years and that's Vernon Davis. I don't I don't know how much detail I really need to go into about this, but uh there's gonna be some bitterness involved in it because I've always ended up with him on several of my teams and this is gonna be the first year where I don't have him on a single one. And so help him, I will key his car if he has a big year. And if it starts with a big week one, I'm gonna be very angry. But uh, that said, tough matchup against Minnesota. Um, I I don't know if he's going to start pouting if he doesn't get the ball in San Francisco's new offense. 
I just, I, I don't see, you know, I understand why somebody would want to have him on the roster. Um, especially if you're carrying multiple tight ends, if you're, uh, if you're doing the matchups thing and you've got some back end guys like Delaney Walker, or Tyler Eifert, and you kind of want to play the matchups a little bit, there's no reason not to have Vernon Davis on the roster. I just wouldn't play him week one. I would wait until uh, the matchup is more favorable and that he's demonstrated with a good week or two on his ledger where he's got a score and maybe a hundred yards receiving before I put him in my lineup. What about you? For me, it's the guy who a lot of people consider the number one tight end going into the weekend with Gronkowski off the board. We talked about before the, the Seattle St. Louis games are always uh, big physical battles. You know, you're concerned about Russell Wilson. I, I want to see how, Russell Wilson and Jimmy Graham mesh together. He's going to be a great target, but he, but the I I just want to see it first. I think Jimmy Graham is a, obviously a fantastic tight end, but he's going up against a very good defense in St. Louis, and uh, with a quarterback who's going to be scrambling and and under pressure all day long, they're going to have to run the ball to to open things up. Um, I think. Jimmy Graham could struggle in week one. And I'll go straight into the underrated side. I think a ton of tight ends are underrated. I talked earlier about the fact that I waited in a bunch of leagues for quarterback. I also waited in a bunch of leagues for tight ends. I mean, I, I think guys like Delaney Walker could have great weeks. Owen Daniels going with his old uh, head coach from his Houston days now with Gary Kubiak in Denver with Peyton Manning as quarterback. So when Daniels is an underrated tight end, um, you know, you got guys like I think Richard Rodgers is a guy underrated going up against the Bears and Packers. From what I, I believe I heard this correctly is in the last uh, two games, three games against the Bears, the uh, Packers have put up a combined 90-some-odd points. Either way, you're talking between – 30 and 40 points a game against the Bears. The Packers are going to put up big numbers, and I think Richard Rodgers is a guy that could really uh, benefit from that. And Andrew Corliss as well. I think that anybody who who has Aaron Rodgers throwing them the ball in a game against Chicago has a chance to uh, put up uh, some big points. Do we have time left to name a couple of potential guys that you might see on the waiver wire for next week? Yeah, you know, I've already mentioned Tyrod Taylor and, and Matt Jones in, in Washington. Both guys are on most waiver wires. Those are my two guys. We've got about three minutes to go. So go ahead and throw out a couple of guys you want uh, people to keep an eye out for this week um, that may be climbing waiver wire pickups this this coming week. Well, I would encourage folks to monitor the Dallas Cowboys-New York Giants game closely, specifically the Dallas running backs. Uh, they traded for Christine Michael from Seattle, who they've been touting as the heir apparent to Marshawn Lynch for several seasons now, and it just hasn't quite happened. doesn't mean the guy isn't talented. He's probably more talented than Darren McFadden and Joe Randall and Lance Dunbar. Um, it's a matter of playing time and whether he can get along with the coaches and learn the scheme. But he's a guy that by the time weeks two, three, four roll around, he might establish himself as the number one guy. Between that, you know, running between holes created by that all-world offensive line, he could be a huge fantasy performer. Maybe not at the same level uh, as as he got last year, 
uh, from the Dallas run game, but you know he could, he could certainly rush for a thousand yards and double-digit touchdowns if he seizes that number one job. He's a guy that's available in probably 80% of your league, so monitor that. I would also encourage you to take a look at Charles Johnson. He's only available in uh, maybe 45% of your ESPN leagues right now. Wide receiver from Minnesota. He's a guy that Teddy Bridgewater loves. Bridgewater is improving. Improving quarterbacks plus wide receivers that they love is a winning combination. So he's a guy that I would encourage you to go out and get. Yeah, and to touch on that, we thought to want to do a, we have a brief moment for some homer corner. Talk about the, the Cowboys. I'm really curious to see how that running base, running uh, game goes. Uh, I, I between Randall and McFadden, um, I've I've liked uh, their number three running back as well, Lance Dunbar. Bringing Christian Michael, that running game is going to be really interesting to watch this this year, and I'm looking forward to seeing that on Sunday night. I also think that a guy like Cole Beasley may be uh, the new. I, I hate to make the short white guy comparison, new West Walker, the new Julian Edelman. Cole Beasley is a guy to look out for, especially in PPR leagues. If he's available in your in your PPR leagues, keep an eye out for Cole Beasley. I think that he may uh, become one of one of Romo's favorite targets on uh, in this short and intermediate uh, game this year. 40, 45 seconds to go ahead and rant about the uh, Rams. Well, I'll try to keep it positive. Um, there's one guy who I would encourage you to maybe monitor as the bike weeks get closer, when it gets to be weeks four, five, six, and seven, and that's Kenny Britt. He had 750 yards receiving last year, a few touchdowns, and he got that with absolutely terrible quarterback play. Um, mainly by Sean Hill, uh, the play by, you know, by, uh, and I can't remember the kid's name because I'm under pressure, Austin. He's, uh, you know, he did okay. But Kenny Britt's a guy that's going to be a vertical threat. They're going to get better quarterback play this year from Nick Foles than they got last year. So when the bye weeks come, he's the guy you can plug in if you need to. All right, we're actually finishing up right on time. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and hopefully we'll be back with uh, another podcast in the not-too-distant future. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.